Everybody, welcome. Thank you for joining me again for another edition of my guest list pod. I'm Darren, and this is the show where the guests on my list get to have some fun with their favorite list countdowns, and we get to know them and their work a little better. This week, it's season two, episode two, part two of my chat with the boys from We Have Been Watching podcast. Martin and Robin were great guests, and if you listen to the first episode, I'm sure you'll understand and appreciate that they are very fun and witty guys, and this only gets better as we get deeper into their top 10. If you haven't listened to that first episode, go back, give it a listen. Otherwise, you can hop in here from, I think it's around their top seven. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. (laughs) <laughs> All right, let's get back into your countdown then. Let's have yes. a look at we're up to number six. So let's go with the your thing. number six, The Thing. It's and weird, isn't it? All the of 82. these films are quite old that we've chosen, yeah. Yeah, but the, well, the 82 well, thing is the best one. I, th- I think with the, um, I think, yeah, so some, some of the, these older films, like we said, with the Desert Island, we, you're picking films that you know will be able to stand the test of time and on a desert island having to only watch these films again and again. I've watched this thing, the thing, the the eighties Kurt Russell version so many times. I just never could watch yep. it again and again. It's such a great horror movie. Yeah. And I find that despite seeing it so many times, the tension of who's going to oh. be next, who's going to be, it's almost, it's almost like a sort of like, I have this moment of a, a <laughs> selective memory. I'm watching it and I'm like really tense when they're testing the blood. And it's like, well, I know who's, I know who it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know, I know, I know the only two that make it at the end. I know who they are already. So why, why is it still so tense? That's that John Carpenter directing great, and that music. Yeah, it's a great and, film, film, isn't it? That's why, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I mean, all the, the effects are sort of, you obviously so, I mean, I can't remember what age I must have seen this when it came out. Was it 82? 82. So I would, you know, yes. I'd be like nine years old. So it's not like I've seen this at the cinema. I must have seen it on TV or DVD to, to get in, get into it really. Video, but, video, but the on oh, video, sorry, yeah, VHS. So the the so the monster design obviously is not really like anything else, and so you know, it all being practical is quite quite impressive. But there's something about it, like a really taut thriller when you've just got people in an enclosed space. Oh yeah, and I think that's what works really well with something like Reservoir Dogs as well. It, mm. Something good about or well, people in an enclosed space not trusting each other and it, it, it just, it just milks concept, it for every it? single bit it could uh, you could possibly do one of the great remakes as well i think yeah, yeah definitely. It's, definitely it's that age-old story isn't it of, of it's more suspense it's more what's the, what's the word it's more less show more tell or something like that there's, there's a phrase i can't remember exactly how it goes but it, it's all suspense with with minimal effects it's, it's yeah. alien isn't it yeah it's the same as that that it's it's that what, anticipation it, what's going Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But it's a real, yeah, it's a real knuckle biter that is, isn't it? Well, what I had a fellow podcaster who actually came on the show and we counted down some scary movies and the thing was on his list and he actually was telling me that the when the body opens up and clamps down on the guy's arms, they actually used a double amputee for that. Yes. yes. And oh, I, yeah. that was crazy. I did. I'd never actually known that. And that was uh, obviously John Carpenter was such a stickler for. You know realism and things like that, and he's such a great director that 
it is a watchable movie that you can watch over and over and over again. Uh, and same as in, same as in Terminator Two, they used an MPT for those scenes, didn't they, with the frozen T one thousand? Oh, really? I didn't know that. Okay. Yep. Yeah. You, you know, you know when he breaks his legs off and yes. he's going down his throat. Yeah. That that the actor there was an amputee actor. Ah, okay. Oh, that's that's and crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike some slightly older films as well, the thing does stand the the uh, teenage test. Where so my where somebody's like, well, what old films am I allowed to watch? What can, what can I watch now? Give me some ideas, some good films. And some of them you just think he'll watch that and he'll, oh, he's not watched Robocop. I've got yeah. a feeling, I've got a feeling he'll watch Robocop and think that looks a bit rubbish nowadays. Maybe, I don't know, perhaps it'll surprise me, but, but I, I said the thing's great. You, you, this is really, really good. And, and it, and it does pass the teenager test because, because it is really surprising because you, you want, you, there's no way you're going to predict after that chest biting moment, which is nuts as it is when the guy loses the end of his arms, but then yeah. the head, the head stretches and falls off. So you're thinking, oh my gosh, nuts on top of a, a, a previously nut scene, and then spider legs sprout out of the head. Yeah, and it's just, oh uh, yeah, it's disconcerting. It's, it's, yeah, it's so inventive. It's just, it's just bonkers. That's the, the idea, the ideas for it, and yes, you just don't, don't. I can't remember like, any any recent films that sort of like that really. Uh. Just, yeah, I was just trying to think that as well, but I just couldn't think of what would. Because it, yeah, it's not, gore, nothing cause, like it, sir. It's. I, I suppose there's a lot, there was a lot of there's that whole wave of like, what they call it gornography when you know stuff like the hostel movies and stuff like that where it was yeah. body was horror movies where yeah. Yeah. yeah, so there was a, a lot of that sort of stuff. But the thing, I don't know, because it's just, it's just, just, it's a thriller, isn't it? even though it's got like the gory horror elements to it. It's, it's a thriller, really. Well, they're part of the story without going, you know, not there for just gore's sake or, you know, shock value. They, they yeah, have that shock yeah. value, but it's it's an understandable part of the story and it's not just there to look, oh, I'm cutting this guy's Achilles tendon. You know, that's horrible and that in itself, that scene's just really disturbing. But they're, they're actually, this is just a complete story, I think, where it, it all flows really well and you it, you don't expect some of the things that happen, but you go, well, well, fair enough. <laughs> I can understand that happening if that's the sort of, you know, entity that it is. Um, and yeah. it's, it's, it's not too far. It doesn't go too far in terms of the shock value, although getting your arms cut off, I guess is. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, that, that scene with the flamethrower and the, 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 the war, uh, the blood and the hot wire, it, it's legendary. Oh, it's absolutely yeah. yes. legendary, isn't it? Oh yeah, the they're testing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Uh, talk about suspense. <laughs> yeah, so many uh, horror and horror being when it's a, a monster and alien films are really dependent on on a good design. So when you have things like the xenomorphs in Aliens or the Predator in Predator, mm. you, um, the thing obviously, what what does the actual alien actually really look like in its basic form? You don't really know, dear, because it's just this strange thing that replicate people and yeah. so you know it's this gloopy changing thing that yeah well until you saw covenant which, which makes it so it makes it terrifying yeah i was just really. saying i was just saying uh we didn't know what its form was until we saw alien covenant obviously so <laughs> have you guys yeah. seen it? Uh, yeah uh that's the new the newest one isn't it yeah yeah that's where david goes yeah. nuts so yeah See, I don't mind Prometheus too much, even though yeah. <laughs> there's loads of things, yeah. loads of things wrong with it. 
but um, well, there's Awakening coming yeah. too now. That's the the next movie. That's, then they was talking about doing a TV series and all sorts, weren't they? And oh, God, I hope not. Uh, you know what? I think it's one of things. There's only so far, yeah, there's only so far you can drag these things out and eventually yeah. you've got to stop, haven't you? Well, it looks like Awakening's going to round off pretty much what happened in Prometheus and, and, um, in terms oh, okay. of, in terms of, par- well, they were looking for the, the home planet of the engineers and why they actually got rid of the, civilization that was on that uh planet four i think it was called or outpost four or something like that and they dropped all the black goo and yeah i I just watching something on youtube the other day and they're talking about you know rounding out the story and going back to lv426 and yeah and when they've got that that space jockey uh, that they find in alien uh how it got there and why and all that sort of stuff so they're going to round it all out with awakening so yeah do you know what, though? I think we mentioned this in our Star Wars episode. We talked about Solo. You don't have to tie up all these loose ends all the time they do in films. You can't just leave them as that and do something different. You can't. Well, we went for years not knowing who the space jockey was. So yeah, and and that's part of the 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 I guess the appeal of mystery. Some, yeah. yeah, the mystery of some yeah. some of the shows that you like. It gives you talking points. Because everyone's got an opinion on what it might might be, or a theory on what it might be. So, yeah, it's that you don't have to always uh, round everything out. I, I guess someone who likes to <laughs> have everything sort of explained uh, eventually and and rounded out. But uh, I can see where there, there is the the appeal of having loose ends that people can talk about. Yeah. Well, it's what it's just going back to dipping back into that same pool as or something anyway of the fan base, isn't it? You know. You, just yeah. them, and it's always that tough balance of giving them, you know, what they want, but you also got to give them something different. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, the, you know, so, so this was this was remade, but it wasn't really a remake, was it? Because the other film that was called The Thing that they did after this is like set before this one, isn't it? It's what happened yes. to the Norway team, or something. Yeah. Isn't exactly. It? Yes. Yeah. 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 But it's just felt like a bit. I don't know. It's not a bit unnecessary. <laughs> bit it's just felt unnecessary. Not particularly dreadful or anything, but it just sort of like, is that it? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Look, let's move on to number five. And uh, this one, David Fincher. Um, let, let oh, know. come on. Yeah. <laughs> no, number five is. I, re- I remember missing this. Oh, sorry, Darren. I'm, I'm heading off, aren't I? <laughs> It's quite cool. It's quite cool. I know. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. He started talking about it because, because of the first rule. Don't talk about it. Ah, of course. Of course, what am I doing? Yeah, of course. (laughs) So, for everyone, it is Fight Club, and we are going to talk about it. We are breaking the first rule, so. Breaking the first and second rule of the Fight Club. Yes, exactly right. I remember I missed this at the cinema, and and everyone else said, oh, you've got to watch this, you've got to watch And again, I rented it out on a VHS, and I was like, oh, you know, what's what's a, what a fantastic, I mean, Brad Pitt is so ripped as well. Yeah. what what a fantastic story, film, uh, spoilers, you know, but just I absolutely love, love, love films where you get so far into it and then it flips it on its head and it's this or that or something else differently. Yeah, everything about this movie, this is this is one of my tens. It's just it's fabulous, uh, the, the, it? the performances are amazing. There's so much going on. There's so many good ideas crammed in there. Uh, t- the teenage test. Uh, this was watched recently by my teenage son, and um, 
instead of normally just saying, yeah, it's good, which is what I normally says about films, he said, yes, it was very good. That's, oh. that's, a, huge, that's a huge recommendation. They managed it's to say very good as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, oh, the stuff of the sublime. And I found myself just rambling on and on about it. It's like, oh, you know, you've shared something that you think is amazing with someone else hmm. and he's watched yeah. it. And I was like, oh, did you spot the sublime images? What about this? What about that? What about uh, <laughs> Meatloaf's character in it? Um, the it's so stuff. anarchic, but, isn't this? Yeah. Just... Like, would you like to do it? Do you think it's a good idea? Well, it's interesting how they went too far and how the violence is used and you know, like, you, like first world problem, isn't it? It's like sort of the, the, the you know, white, middle, white man working. Yes. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, looking just, for something Just different. wanting something in his life, something more mm. uh, primeval and oh, just the thought of watching, you know, when you watch, watch it a second time when you sit when you the, the twist just in case anyone listening doesn't know the twist but it's one of these films that's so rewarding once after the second time you watch it and and seeing oh it all just makes perfect sense and at that point Helena Bonham Carter in it for me at, at, at that point had been in lots of sort of costume dramas and period yeah, dramas yeah, period I mean because yeah, yeah. it's one of the I, I, was, I was saying to my son I said like oh, it's weird seeing her in that because you're so used to seeing in period dramas She's like, well, Harry she's always like, yeah. yeah, she's like that in all of her films. So, you know, it's, she's like, she's, bon- she's a bit bonkers, isn't she, in Harry mm-hmm. Potter? She's a bit bonkers in Big yeah. Fish. So you, you do see her like that now. But at the time, that was really odd casting. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, yes. It's, it's, it's per- I mean, I love, the, I love David Fincher. Soundtrack, we're going to say. Soundtrack, soundtrack, the use of special effects. Is that it? Pixie's song at the end? I mean, yeah. Oh, just, yeah, where is my mind? It's, it's tearing down the world, isn't it? Yeah. It's tearing does down bro- the world because we're bored. Does Brothers music. There's a great Tom Waits song they play when they go downstairs into the basement. Yeah. The Pixie song. Let's make, this, let's make this number one. Let's just put this up to number one. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> that Pixie song actually is uh, is mentioned by anyone that I that really likes the movie and you know, likes to analyse and and talk about the movie and especially the soundtrack, obviously. But they they always there was a needle drop episode I listened to on another podcast and uh, that Pixie song because I didn't know who they were, but actually before I heard that song and went and listened to them, uh, I probably heard of them before but never really heard of their music and uh great band yeah and uh i I was i went to see them in uh uh no uh end of 2019 i saw them man and this song where is my mind live was just phenomenal absolutely phenomenal yeah really good oh very good fantastic all right well look that's yeah uh, david um uh yeah dave finch's all, yeah, all all of his films are great. I, I would recommend it if, if you if you do like Fight Club, you like that kind of thing. Um, other Chuck Palahniuk, I don't think that's such pronounced Chuck Palahniuk. Some of his other books are brilliant as well. Invisible Monsters is excellent. Lullaby is excellent. Okay. Uh, Chokes is good. Um, yeah, I mean the Fight Club books very good. Yeah, got me really into into, into reading all of his books. Yeah, they're they're all. Yeah. They're all excellent. It's fab. It's fabulous. Yeah, look, books. Generally, I'm. Uh, I prefer to read if it's, you know, it's a, uh, a, yeah. a good story. Uh, the Harry Potter series, for example, I came late to that, but I read all the books that all up until you know the first movie was uh, was coming out. So the first movie was coming out, I think, and I hadn't read anything. So, uh, but 
I think there was four books or three books out at that time. And so I read all the way through and then wouldn't see the movie until I'd finished at least reading the first book. Yeah. So, um, because I always like to read the books first. And the only thing I haven't done that with is something like The Expanse, where again, it's a sci fi sort of thing, but I haven't read the books. I heard the books are exceptional, but I just don't have the time. So I, I watched the, the TV series instead. And, and uh, I thought it was okay, but I could see how the book would be epic, you know, a massive, you know, very broad, oh, yeah. expansive story, funnily enough. Um, yeah, so, yeah. I, I'm, I'm always I'm always torn with The Handmaid's Tale, you know, because I've not read the book and I've not seen the TV show. The most eventually brilliant. Yeah. It's like, I've got time well, to get hold this on book a first and watch <laughs> yeah. the show. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, know, I know Robin's wife, my cousin, she's a big Handmaid's Tale book fan, but mm. I might have to have a debate with her because I read it and just thought it was okay. Oh, really? I some of the right. series and thought, yeah, it's okay. Okay. But, oh, so, okay. All right, let's move on to number four. Let's move on, yeah. Yeah, number four is the Matrix. Oh, come on, the mate. Yeah, the Matrix. I remember going to the cinema to watch this, and I sat there, and there's there's a scene where you've got the giant machines picking the pods or the 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 baby Mm. shell egg things, and I sat there, and my mouth was wide open. I mean, (laughs) I'm a big fan. I've grown up on. Me and my brother were into like Hong Kong cinema, the old Jackie Chan films, all of these kind of Asian chopsocky kung fu films. Mm-hmm. They're fine, but this for me was that put into the American, which which is what it is, isn't it? You know, but it's put into an American style film with a big budget, and it's everything I love. It's weird future societies, kung fu, AI, cyberpunk virtual realities I, I i love this film i can still watch it over and over and it sequels not so good but i still watch them i've still got them mm. but the first matrix is it's really really something else i think it, it works it works as a standalone where you don't don't need yeah. the others absolutely this is one of your choices martin was this was the one yeah. where yeah just said like because I, I i like it I, I don't i don't love it the way martin loves it I remember this coming out, and it, well, it was huge. Wasn't when the, it? Like, no, everything's hyped. It's very hard to have a surprise sleeper hit now. But yeah. I think yeah. when this came out, no, no one was particularly excited about a Keanu Reeves action movie, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what? then the, the the hype started to build as people had started seeing it, and thinking this isn't really like anything else. You know, this could be be big, and then it sort of blew big. And this, I, I was working in the comic shop at the time when when this came out, and everyone was going on about it. And I think maybe it got a little bit overhyped for me. So when I when I first saw it, I was yeah. thinking, "Oh, was, was that it? It was all right, but it wasn't that good." I, I, I think I can admire it more looking back, looking at how because loads of things have copied it, and it is it is a, quite a clever mix. You can say everything's been done, so there are any original ideas anymore. But it just takes takes a few little ingredients and mixes them together in a new way doesn't it mm. like the why work thing but then so they did they were obviously influenced by why work kung fu movies but then they also wanted like a superhero movie but they didn't want costumes so the characters with their powers and running at walls and doing flips and stuff they're kind of like it's like a kind of superhero movie kung fu like you say cyberpunky yeah. just just mixing it in a fresh way and again yeah. uh, have you seen that have you seen that video it's the rage against the machine song wake up isn't it and they, on a YouTube, someone's used that needle drop on other 
films. So they've got it on Titanic. <laughs> they've got it on uh. Forrest Gump. It's really clever. <laughs> it's really, really well done. Yeah. yeah. You'll have to look for it. It's really, really good. Yeah. No, I'll definitely have to look at that because yeah, some of those needle drop things are pretty funny. And I can imagine that would be. So definitely with that song. But yeah, Matrix, it's just, just superb. For, for me, it hit me just right. It was just that. Just that right moment when the when the planets align and it, and it's and it's it's perfect. Love it. Was this Love one it. of those? Was this one of those films? One of around about the time when DVDs first started coming out. I feel as if I remember uh, it was one of these things that has always been showcased all the time. I'm like sure. You go into like a, a into a shop and they have got big TVs and they're like, watch the lobby scene, and it's like you can see all yeah. the bits of the concrete <laughs> yeah. flying everywhere in the slow motion. It's like used as the example of DTS seven point oh. Yeah. The, yeah. New technology. <laughs> Simple oh one. wow! Yeah, that lobby scene is great. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Yeah, and, and don't forget, you know, bullet time changed the world of cinema, didn't it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's yeah, been parodied so, to death. But... 100%. Yeah, parodied and then and overused, and I, I just didn't think that that sort of black leather look is like almost like like the X Men movies are kind of copying that a little bit as well, and that seemed to hang around in superhero movies. That, for that's a the nineties, well. isn't it? <laughs> it was the nineties and two thousand. Yeah, sort of black leather and black like, now it just. Well, it looked better yeah, than Lycra, so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I, I guess so, yeah, with these new rock boots and stuff. But <laughs> I think they changed a bit too much the second. I do, I, I do wonder whether it was a result of, was it Columbine shooting? or was, Yes. Was, I think there was a school okay. shooting and someone was dressed like him because he doesn't even hold a gun, does he, in the second one? That's right, the, yeah, it was, it, yeah, it was a lot, so yeah, such, it was a lot of... So they changed it and then... I mean, the, the big problem with the sequels is what the, the, the Wachowski seemed to forget here was that what everyone really likes is the bit when you're in the Matrix and you can download Kung Fu and how to fly a helicopter and do all these cool exactly. things. Mm-hmm. We, do, we don't want to see the bit in the ruined bit where they've got wearing these funky jumpers with holes in yeah. and with the shaved heads. We, do, we, don't want to, we don't want to see that. It's a bit too stuff. real. We want to be in the Matrix doing cool fights. Yeah. And yeah. they shouldn't yeah. spend too long outside the Matrix. And that, that, Animatrix yeah. is, a good, is a good DVD. Yeah, it's a good little project, that one. I like the animation, all, yeah. I haven't yeah, seen that. That's quite good. Okay. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff in that. Oh, I They're making that. another one, aren't they? There's another one coming out? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely watch that. Yeah. You know, it's... Sure I'll work, fine. I don't know. Who knows? It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right, well, look, let's take a break, and we'll get into some questions from listeners that I've got here. Uh, just a couple of so, uh, let me find them, and here we are. So, um, may not be exactly what you expect, but we'll see how we go. I've got one here from Steve K. He said, uh, Ricky Gervais or Steve Carell's office? <laughs> so. Oh, Ricky Gervais every time, yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you need to ask? My, my, um, <laughs> I thought I didn't have to, but uh, I'm just checking. That's okay. I, 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 I can't. I like Steve Carell. I, I can't get into yeah. it. I've tried him. I've tried it a couple of times. And I don't because the first few episodes are so closely sort of plotted, like the English, English yeah. correct original one. Yeah, that it's a bit hard to get past. But it also sounds a bit too saccharine and happy and positive. And there's a there's, <laughs> no. It's there's, some, there's something British about the original. A bit more dour. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. is. But at the same time, I mean, the, the have you have you watched the English one? No. I've only seen a couple of episodes of the English one. I actually don't I mean, mind the American one, and I generally don't like American comedy 
versions of in an English show. Um, yeah. you know, I grew up watching Dad's Army and an eight half hot oh, mum and yeah. stuff like that. So and my yeah, grandfather yeah. was very much of English comedy is the way to go, and he wasn't a big fan of, I guess, the American uh, style of comedy back then. But I, I appreciate comedy in all its form, uh, and I actually, yeah. I actually don't mind the offer. I'm actually rewatching the the series. Um, for the second time, uh, I, I think it dropped off a big cliff after season six in the American series when Steve Carell left right. and they had Will Ferrell and all these guys come in as James Spader and stuff. James Spader, I thought was fantastic in it, but, um, it dropped off a bit of a cliff and yeah, I, 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 I like the first six seasons after that. I'm not as big on it. I, for I, me, like, I like it. it Go on, sorry. I was, was, was going to say there's something, and I don't think it's uniquely British, but British, there's a lot of British shows where it's it's you're kind of cringing, mm. and it's, you're, like, you're embarrassed for them. Mm. And yeah. you know, you can go back to like Faulty Towers, well, where you cringe, you're, thing, you're cringing, it? but Rick, yeah, you cringe, and it reminds me of um, like Steve Coogan's Alan Partridge shows as well, where yeah. um, with Alan Partridge, you, you're cringing and you think, oh no, please don't, please don't, please don't. <laughs> And there's lo- there's loads of moments like that when you I mean in extras with Patrick Stewart, it's just gold. Yeah, extras is good as well. Yeah, I mean, I, it's not my my in laws detest Ricky Gervais. They just don't they don't get it at all. But yeah, I, I like his, I, I, I like his stand up. Um, yeah, I really, I, I really like The Office, and I think for, the, for the me, final 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 episode of Office oh, as well is awesome. is, is lo- yeah. it's lovely. It's it's so well written, mm. really really good. I wouldn't spoil it for anyone who's not seen it. But yeah, I want to watch it, the English it, one as yeah, well. So, yeah, yeah it, it, pay, it pays off beautifully. Really good. I'm not a big fan. He did like a movie sequel type thing to it, which I didn't like very much, but I, I think the show works great on its own. That's a good okay. question, that is, comparing it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. For me, it's like when they made that Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy film. Okay. It it missed it missed every point. Oh, I I agree, hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, I, I can't stand it. I absolutely. I've tried several times, and it's it's just not quite there. It's 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 everything just a little bit off. It tries hard. It tries yes. hard, but just doesn't get it. No, it's not. I, it's not. Hey, Hitchhikers is so. It's so typically British, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Do you, do you think you can't do? I don't think. Can you do a big budget comedy that's really funny? Is it because of the nature of comedy that you, you've got to do lots of takes and go? Oh, that wasn't expecting that one to work, but that's a take that worked. Whereas when things get bigger budget, they're so scripted and plotted and planned that it, it loses any spontaneity. And it just. I mean, the casting in that Hitchhikers guide isn't very good either, to be honest. Oh, was it? Shocking. But, mm. but you it's know. So Anyway, we digress, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's yeah. all right. Not British, a problem. British comedy. All right. Look, uh, the same uh, same guy, Steve K, he's given me another question. Uh, your favourite Batman? Obviously, Rob, Robert Pattinson can't be probably brought into that because no one's actually really seen him in the movie as such outside of the trailers. So yeah. he, he looks a bit. He looks a bit too emo. Yeah, I, my son's trying to sell me on it because uh, I like Robert Pattinson. I loved him in Tenet and I actually liked him in Twilight, although I'm not supposed to actually admit yeah. that, my son yeah. said. Yeah. so. Um, all, all the talent in that new movie, all tick, 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 yeah. Potential to be very uh, good based on the talent involved, isn't it? Mm. Do you mean apart, apart from Adam West? <laughs> you, can, you, can, you can include Adam West if you like. Uh, so, yeah. Oh. For, for me, it's going to be Adam West or 
Christian Bale. And okay. I, it's. I like Ben I think Affleck Christian, too. I think Christian Bale is a really good Bruce Wayne. Those bits when, and it reminds me of the, the Clark Kent side of thing that Christopher Reeve does where, where Christian Bale plays Bruce Wayne, he's a fake. And he, and he, and when he goes he's to that right. restaurant and he like, and he's got those supermodels with him and he gets into, and, and he's just, and he's been, he's been in, it's just acting like a spoiled, rich idiot. Mm. He wants everyone to think of him being that. I think yeah. he's an absolutely brilliant Bruce Wayne. Um, but it's his like voice. It's his Batman voice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't like, I don't like the look of his face in the Batman costume. And, um, yeah. I'm not a big fan of that costume at all. I love, as, as a Batman, yeah, I do love Ben Affleck in the costume. Yeah. Because it's the it's the uh, Frank Miller Dark Knight Returns style yes, logo exactly. on it. Yes, it's, it's it's not gad it's not gadget. He's big in it, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, he's really put he put his weight on the top half of yeah, his body. It's armor, and he's yeah. weathered. He's, he's, he's weathered. He's gritty, yeah. like from Flashpoint Paradox, where it's his it's not yeah. him, it's his dad, but it's that talking. brutal sort of Batman. And yeah, I agree, absolutely. I I like the Ben Affleck Batman. Uh, yeah, I, I think it looks good. Sounds good. I mean, we talked about some of the faults in those films that is in on our on our Zack Snyder. Yeah, rundown, yeah. But, mm. but the the even the bit the bit in Batman v Superman when he's is in the uh when he's he was fighting the the gang yeah, in, and um you know he's taking a few hits because he's a little bit older. Yeah, um, that's a really good crunchy fight scene. That is when he when he's uh, yeah definitely. That's I, I really like that. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to the new Justice League because I don't like those. I detest those slightly comedy lighter moments in the Justice League movie, I, which I, I, I assume are all the Josh Whedon bits that yeah. Zack Snyder hadn't put there. So I'm looking forward to that going back. I love the start of um, uh, Batman v Superman where Bruce is racing his car through the sit- Metropolis yeah. while Superman fights going on to try and get there as quick as he can. That's um, very good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, it, but you know, he obviously plays he plays Bruce kind of the same as Batman. He's very gruff and serious. Well, yeah. I quite like that Christian Bale style, the way he does it. As you know. well, it's it's funny. We talked about this with my son the other day, and we were talking about when I saw this question come in. He asked me the the same question. I I said, look, I, I liked Michael Keaton's Batman, but I didn't yeah, like him as yeah. Bruce Wayne, and I liked George Clooney as Bruce Wayne, but I didn't like him as Batman. Um, and it's, it's yeah. funny how that, you, that can happen. And like Ben Affleck, I think he does an okay job. It's just, it's a certain type of Batman that he does and he does it really, really well. Christian Bale, that voice just gets me. But I think as a, <laughs> a as a, you know, trust fund or really rich, uh, playboy, he, he does that really well. I'm, I'm not a big fan of his Batman portrayal, but yeah, it's, it, I guess it's a personal, choice in terms of what you like I, I like that grittier batman like ben affleck so i, I just think visually i don't remember even from like when the, the trailers and the first photos come out i think visually ben affleck in the costume looks looks great george clooney i've tried to wipe that from my memory <laughs> that that ever existed um it was before that michael Ke- yeah i, I know what you val kilmer michael, in between michael- i think it was yeah val oh kilmer. crikey yeah, of course val kilmer which i just yeah, forget that. don't um, get that one forget some that. of this though can you see Mark Keaton, Val Kilmer, George Clooney, Kristen Bell, or 
Ben Affleck hanging upside down with bat repellent spray. No, arrest my case. Arrest my case. Mic drop. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, no. Uh, walking up a wall sideways with Robin. Yeah, uh, oh, fantastic. Yeah, so it's uh, – <laughs> I must admit, again, we we were talking about the old Batmans, but we were talking about the old Joker with Cesar Romero and how he, he oh, refused yeah. to cut his moustache, so they just make yeah, up over it. Over it. <laughs> it was yeah, really cool. Yeah. I tell you yeah, what, moustaches, moustaches, yeah, moustaches have been a bit of a thing for these uh, these superheroes. Henry Cavill, they? yeah, yeah, <laughs> that that that's. I heard you talking about that on one of your podcasts, and that's just irredeemable. That one's going to haunt people for a long time. I, you can't. <laughs> well, yeah. it? It's like a car crash. You can't not look at it or look for it. Yeah. It's terrible, isn't it? It is. And I'll, yeah, I sorry. Sometimes, sometimes I feel like, oh, you know, if you've been negative and moaning about or criticizing films, you think, oh, the world doesn't need that. But, that, um, but I, I think, no, sh- shame on these people. They, these people have paid a lot of money to make these films and make these decisions. And they're making such basic mm, yeah. errors. I just think, how, how can, why didn't anyone say that looks stupid? Yeah. This is a bad idea. Yeah. It's, I don't know how you could spend that much money and have that as a compromise. Not when you can do anything you want. You can, you can de-age, yeah. you can de-age people in the Marvel films. They look fantastic. You can do anything. Yeah, and have, have dinosaurs Plus. running around, but they can't do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's also on one point you were mentioning before. Uh, just to digress a little bit on the comedy of Batman, I fully agreed with what you were saying in terms of Batman and the jovial nature that he seemed to have with some of the little quips and things like that, which was very un-Batman like. But uh, my son and I were also talking about the Flash in terms of he was like Flash is my favourite character and he is a bit of a klutz in this, whereas he's a you know he's a bit oh, of a smartass. Yeah. He's you know he's sarcastic and he's clever and he's witty and he's a he's a bit of a smarty pants compared to you know this guy who one is in armor, which I'll never forget them uh, forgive them for doing that. <laughs> and and also he he's more of a klutz, more of a Spider Man type of a, a, yeah. a comic uh, relief. And I just yeah I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. Yeah, it's not good, is it? No, not great. Yeah. Sorry, I just had to get that out there. I had to vent. So. Go for it. <laughs> um, all right. So um, the the last question is one that I would normally ask, but we've covered a lot of it, which is what are you listening, reading, and watching at the moment? So the watching we've probably we've probably gone over, but reading and listening to, like as in music, what what are you uh, listening to at the moment? Where, where is your music affection line? I've been. I've been listening to musicals all week. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Showboat, Stay because, Fair, all that sort of stuff? Or? Oh, uh, The Commitments. <laughs> okay. Uh, little, little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, all sorts, in preparation for our show this week. But okay. no, all, all sorts of stuff. I've got to be honest, nowadays I tend to listen to just my daily drive on Spotify. Yes. And it'll just, I'll just stick it on. But I have quite a few episodes of podcasts I listen to at the start of the week, so that keeps me going. Then, of course, for work i'm on phone calls all the time so mm-hmm. during the working day but yeah uh, in the evening the lonely island i listen to the jack sparrow song about 30 times a day so that's good <laughs> and i'm just and i'm reading wise i've just started i'll forget the author name is the book called wool are you familiar with it no it's it's oh what's the guy's name let me just get it on my phone uh it's basically a future society uh, in like a you know destroyed nuclear war type society and they live inside 
Yeah, Aren't they, they always. In, yes. Yeah, <laughs> they they live inside a giant missile silo. silo. I thought silo. you were going to say because it's called war that they're going to live in like this giant massive sheep. <laughs> you know what? This apparently, apparently the the wall is a bit of an, a misleading name, but I'm reading it so far. And these people are sort of several. The guy's name is Hugh Howie. Okay. Uh, the author, and these are like five or six generations on from when the the wars were. So people grew up living in this giant 150 floor missile silo, and they don't know what it's like to go outside and to be sent outside is death it's that deadly and irradiated so i've only just started it it's very good so far and it's, it's a trilogy so i'm looking forward to getting to those yeah oh good i've just been fin- well i've been working my way through the stephen king dark tower stories that martin lent me which has taken a long time because i've digressed onto some of the add-on books and things like that and i just recently finished because i thought oh, i'm not gonna always have time to finish so I tried uh, listening as an audio book, The Stand, because it's massive. It was something like it was like sixty hours or something. This audio book was yeah. to listen to it. <laughs> so when you when your car journey is half an hour to school in the morning, so the tops I could get an hour out of it. So obviously sixty hours worth. It's taken me a, yeah. a number of weeks to get through all that special. Um, so that's so I've just finished that, um, and I'm t- now ready for the the very final book in the Dark Tower series, which I need to something enjoy. Make yeah, stuff, good. Make, make a start on that to tie it all up the only thing I'm, and I'm, I'm watching at the minute which doesn't fit to any of the things we've ever talked about on any of the podcasts or anything like that is um i'm binge watching it's always sunny in philadelphia yeah okay yeah it's really really funny and it's it without watching anything that's too like heavy that you're going to discuss you know just short half yeah hour, but a lightweight little, 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 com- little com- comedy um yeah, it's a sort of ticking little comedy box at the minute. I'm really enjoying that. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's a, a popular series too. So I actually haven't really watched it my, myself, but uh, I I have a few friends who have, and they keep bugging me about going to watch it. And same with Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah. So with Andy Sandberg and yes. stuff, they said that's they think that I'd like it. So they keep bugging me to go watch it, but uh, there's only so many hours in the day. So yeah, it, 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 yeah, it it is good. Okay, so let's get back into the last three, the the big three of your countdown. So at number three, we have a perennial favourite, Back to the Future. I think I've watched it so many times, this was like a real easy pick. Yeah. Because you think, what, yep. if I'm stuck on a desert island, I can only watch ten films again. I've watched it so, so many times. What, oh, what is it, 1985, something like that? Uh, when, did it, when would it have come out? Yeah, yes. Maybe a little bit yeah. before that. Uh, it's just seen it cinema so many times. Oh, there's a great lot of little details in it as well. When you rewatch it, you know, like the mayor Goldie Wilson is the guy. Yeah, uh, and you know his posters around town. Then the lone. And, uh, I was just thinking, I've, I've got the t-shirt. No, I haven't. I've got a different t-shirt on today. The lone my uh, lone pine mall. Yeah. So it's the twin yep. pines mall. He yeah. goes back in time. He knocks over the guy's tree. And when he comes back, it's now the lone pine mall. And there's little things like the, 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 these little details. And then the recurring stuff as well, isn't it? Like, uh, like going into the into the cafe, into the uh, cafe. What do you call it? The, the diner, sort of thing. Type thing. Yeah, yeah. diner. That's it. Yeah. So sort of going in there, but then in the western one, it's like a saloon version. Yes. It's like Biff yeah. coming in again. So, so like the history repeating itself. Uh, it's, continuity between uh, times. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, just, it's it's easy sci-fi, isn't it? Oh, definitely. You know, you're not the watching prim- the, Primer the or is great, something. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 
the premise works both ways because because the idea of uh, your parents are what, never what, what they say. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing what your parents are like is 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 really good. And, and it's not that's like a great idea. And it's not like Tenet it's cha- or it's Primer. Changing, yeah, yeah. It, it's changing. It's changing. It's cause and effect, isn't it? Yeah. It's, yeah. Can you can you change the the you know can you can we can anyone change if they need to be? Because obviously Marty changes along the way, don't they? Doesn't Definitely. he? You know he he learns not to not to when not to be called chicken. So he so he doesn't get hit by a another car and so on and so on. Yeah, he grows. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, just, not a huge fan of. I, I, I don't like the second one very much. The third one's fine. It's a, it's okay. Yeah. I think I think the work, first one just works fine as a standalone, it, and then just leaves yeah, your imagination. Just drives off to go to visit yeah. the kids. Okay, what's well, another adventure and the time that's not in this film? I think the first one works absolutely fine. It's own. Um, the chemistry it's between Fox. Yeah, it's chemistry it's between nice. him and Christopher Lloyd is completely believable. When you think, why would I don't really question why was this high school kid hanging around with this nutty old man? (laughs) (laughs) You think, why? How do they know each other? How have they met? Because friends, no idea. But I completely believe that they're they're friends. Yeah, you just again, it's a suspension of disbelief. You 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 think about it and analyze it later, but it's like, yeah, yeah. Why would he know him? But it's (laughs) yeah, it doesn't. It it yeah, it doesn't fit. Oh yeah, it's just um, it's got all the skateboarding chase stuff. And oh, all the cast yeah. There's a load of people that have not really done anything that big since, but they're they're great in it. Yeah, Christopher Lloyd's Chris Glover is great in it. Yeah, is this Crispin Glover his least creepy weird role? Because <laughs> he's yeah, he's it's a his bit most of an oddball, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. No, it's yeah, it's, it's, just... it's absolute gold, isn't it? It's just easy to watch. It's it's fun you can it's sci-fi you can watch with the whole family yeah. you know if i say oh let's watch prometheus and everyone's like oh god you know whereas this is just easy it's easy going it's a yeah it's, a per, it's like a perfect family film isn't it christmas yeah, day family film yeah, yeah. perfect yes. do you guys watch um, rick and morty yeah sometimes yeah live action remake um uh, as uh rick Christopher Lloyd. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I thought that would be a good casting. So yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, Rick and Morty is almost like yeah, it's looking like an adult Back to the Future type thing, isn't it? Where they just push that premise so far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And but diff- it's, yeah, it's cool. I mean, stuff like that with the you know, like having the DeLorean as the, you know the time machine oh, as the car. Just- it's a really my, good idea. My, my work computer desktop is a DeLorean. So it, it stays with you. Just it's so iconic. Yeah, it stays with you, and, and it's that a it's that thing of don't change the past. But he does, doesn't he? He saves Doc at the end or at the start. Yes, because of and it's that what what comes first? You know, there's always a it's that chicken and egg thing, is it, or is that is that causality loop? Isn't that it time paradox type situation? All, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. There's always a first time for something to happen, but then it becomes a permanent part of itself. Doesn't it's a different it? stream, yeah, yeah of uh, or different yeah. Uh, timeline. So, yeah, yeah. no, it's 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 absolutely yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. It's just like you said, Robert Zemeckis is at his best, isn't it? Definitely, definitely. Oh, so everyone is at the best. I think this, I think the script is just watertight in it as well i don't like i've seen one of the theories uh, not the theories but sorry one of the criticisms is like 
why would, wouldn't they think it's weird when they're older thinking, hang on a minute, you just look like somebody that we went to school with. No, that doesn't fit at all. If, I, if I'm, if I'd have met someone all that time ago, you know, for how long they met him, you're no. not going to think that years later. You're going to think, oh, you're sort of like this guy that we, we met for a couple of days at school. Yeah. Nah, that, that's not, I don't think that yeah, stands up as Rob, criticism at all. Robin, I've been told that the older I get, I look more like your father-in-law. So, you know, <laughs> so it, people do look the same in families, don't they, as well? So it could just be like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've noticed I've noticed that with you. Yeah. But we have shortest tension spans, so we think about that and then move on to what's next. So, so even if they did recognize Marty in someone, uh, it'd be like, yeah, well, oh well. Let's move on. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) Speaking of which, let's get to your number two. Right. This, this was the easiest one for me to pick when it's like, because this is the movie where if I did a desert island film, it's just like, what film would, could I take one One film with me? This yeah. is it. Favourite mm. film of all time. This is it, it for me. It, Hands down. Yeah. Yeah, it's just perfect. Again, perfect. It's just, it, I'd say this is interchangeable with our one, top one, which okay. everyone's going to know what our top one is. But <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it's just, you know, Saturday morning sequel. It's that perfect hero. Oh, it's Red as a Lost Art, by the way. Yes. I've actually said what it is. <laughs> but it, 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 it's, it's everything, isn't it? It's every hero rolled into one. Yeah, I would say it. Perfect. If, if, yeah. if you could, if you could, I don't know. I'm going to make it sound weird now. But if you, if you could sort of be somehow like, if you could be crushing on a film in some way, like some sort of obsession, some infatuation with a film. This is the film for me. Okay. I just, it's like, like I can't see its flaws. Yeah, I'd, I'd, it's, it's, I'd, it's I'm sure there are some. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I could see flaws in, you know, I could, I could see flaws in Star Wars, uh, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't say Mark Hamill's acting is particularly great in the first Star Wars film, <laughs> really. Um, but with Raiders, um, I mean, it's not much that's amazing. wrong. Amazing. Yeah. It's it's just fantastic, um, and it's, I think it's the only film for for me I, that I can honestly watch it. Any time there'll be times when I'll just be like, oh, I'm not quite in the mood for that. Oh, no, no. There'll be times when I just I might not fancy watching Back to the Future. I, I could watch Raiders of the Lost Ark at any at any time. Just ne- you know never what? never gets old. If there's any film with some wax face melting Nazis sold, you know it, it's it's all of those things, isn't it? It's yeah. the weird, the weird. Because I always thought a lot of it was, is there a power in there, or is it just Hitler chasing down these artifacts and, and is it a, a, a myth? But of course it is actually real. So that's a that perfect yeah. sort of, it is actually supernatural on top of just a fantastic, you know, p- people love these things. They're an actioner, a wartime actioner, a little bit of uh, mystical things to it, killing Nazis. <laughs> it's all it there. Look, it, you know. it looks good as well because I think there's a, there's a lot in the, in the other ones that looks a little bit studio. Yeah. Like within the temple, it looks really studio, and mm. there's bits in the third, the third one. Don't get me started on the fourth one that that looks a little bit fake. I mean, there's there's some good stuff in the third one, but I think it plays too much on the comedy. Even though Sean Connery's amazing, it plays too much on the comedy side of things. I don't really think of Raiders as being, you know, it's not. Does all, Raiders the, have the, a scene? The perils that not is... playing, he's, he's not joking when he's being dragged underneath the truck and stuff like that. No, he's, 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 he's trying to say Marion. It's it's. It, 
in those moments that you know it's life and death for him, he's not making little jokes and it. it's, it's going fairly it, straight. Is there is there a scene in Raiders that is as good as the scene of Shia LaBeouf swinging through monkeys through trees? <laughs> yes, there is. Plenty. Yes, there is. Just plenty. Um, any, any one of <laughs> any them. Any of them. Just, yeah, yeah pause it at any point. I mean, those it, bits are it, better. It, it's Harrison Ford. Got he, he was just the perfect hero at this time, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. I mean, do you, oh, you yeah. want to? You, you want to just go into number one as well, and we can just cross over here. I mean, I mean, I, mean, I had a poster of Red, Raiders of the Lost Ark above my bed. Um, so Last year. my my my. Obs- <laughs> <laughs> we've still, we're, well, we've got still some very sort of art, arty minimalist style versions of Raiders posters on above our bed now. So I've actually still, in a way, I've actually yes. had Raiders of the Lost Ark poster above my bed my whole life in a weird way. But yeah, almost on un- unhealthy obsession. I just, I just thought he was just so cool. It's so it's unbelievably cool. I just thought, you know, and and I used to learning to draw. Um, some, some Marvel did some uh, Indiana Jones comics at the time, and I used to trace them and redraw them and draw over them. So even now, I feel like I could draw. You know, I could, mm. I, I could do a half decent drawing of. Indiana Jones now, based on the amount of times I've drawn it and getting the right curves on the fedora hat and everything. <laughs> yeah, I was absolutely, absolutely obsessed with it. And well, more at- than more than Han Solo, to be honest, there was just something about Indiana Jones. And I don't, there wasn't a ton of toys at the time. It's, it wasn't like like with all the Star Wars toys. So there, there wasn't really there wasn't Indiana Jones figures you could go buy in or anything like that at the time. Mm. So I used no, to get my action. Yeah, we, we used to have a, well, action man, which I don't know, uh, GI Joe, like a sort of a 12 inch sized posable figure that were called action men in England. I think that's a very English brand actually. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd have, the, have, have these figures and as best as I could with a flying jacket. And then I had this brown cowboy hat, which I sort of trimmed a little bit to look a bit more like his fedora. <laughs> I've got an old shoelace, which I made into his whip to tie on his yeah, and I made my own little Indiana Jones, my own action man Indiana Jones figure. That so I used to, I used to play Indiana Jones with this my own figure that I'd made. Yeah, yeah and it's just right. so, such a part of my childhood. It's just um, yeah, I it's like love it. it's just it's endured through the years. I mean, what is it? The Hangover movie when he says, "I'm not wearing a purse; it's a knapsack." Indiana Jones has got a knapsack, <laughs> you know, or satchel. Uh, yeah, 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 no, no it, again, just, just, just perfect of our age group. Yes. I'm sure there's lots of people of different ages will be like, no, no, you know, it's, how, it's, it's Harry really Potter's well paced or whatever. Yeah. The action's really good. It, yeah. it, what it does a lot of, I mean, there's a bit of the exposition bit at the start when they sort of explain what the arc is, but once, once they're off there, it's like, and Terminator is another film that does it very well. Where characters are talking, explaining things on the go a lot. It's like, yeah, quick little explanation. Come on, I've, I've got, to, I've got to go and chase. Let me just explain this because I've got, it's, I've got to go and chase this truck now on my horse. Yeah, and it just keeps moving and moving. It's got, it's, it's got great momentum. It really has. Once, once he's, once he's, once he's set off on his trails, it just goes, go, go yeah. all the time. It, it's, it's so well paced. And the, yeah, like the truck chase is, is just a perfect action scene. It's brilliant. I think that the exposition you're talking about, though, is very natural, and especially considering he's an archaeologist. Uh, sorry, an archaeologist, and yeah, I mean, yeah, it's in the right place at the start. Yeah, I, I can't think of an example. There are films, there are films which slow the film grinds to a halt, where you have mm. a couple of characters stop mm. and have a little bit of a break because they're on the run or being chased or something, and 
this is the point they decide to sort of explain something or why why do you have a problem with that oh it's because of this when i was a child or because of this and they start ad- adding some extra exposition in and i i always when i ever spot characters doing it i call them captain exposition yeah. because <laughs> it, i think it stands out yeah. so badly and um right yeah ray's got that great opening then there's a bit at the college and um you've got those two cia type guys that come to see him and then he's, he's off on his trails isn't he yeah definitely just after that, that yeah the scene in the bar with marion for the first i mean how good is she in it oh my gosh oh, she's, she's fantastic, amazing isn't, it? isn't she um <laughs> look the, yeah. set, the sets the soundtrack the like you said the pacing of the story the dialogue the acting the yeah, costumes soundtrack. everything is John fantastic Williamson. in that yeah, I mean, the, have you seen the Big Bang Theory episode when they basically point out the fact that if Indy hadn't gone, the ending yeah, would be nothing. the same. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah. Well, no. It didn't stop them. It had no impact on the story. Yeah. He had, if he'd never left, he never existed. They would have still got the R. They'd still, still opened, opened it up. It, they'd have still got turned it. They'd have still got melted, melted. by God's power. <laughs> and... I have Not seen that, yet. but I just <laughs> forgot about it, actually. So, yeah, that's, yeah, because I like Big Bang. Yeah. So, yeah, very good. Yeah, it's interesting. What, like, the villain's in it interesting, because it's not like they've tried to do, like, a, a big, bad, physically, like a physical nemesis to him or anything. Mm. It's just like a, just a rather rival archaeologist, isn't he, really? Yeah, it's, it's the Nazis that are bad guys. Yeah, yeah definitely. That, I always think that was better. I know we mentioned this in our Wonder Woman episode. You don't have to have a giant Thanos world, but just an equal opposite. It doesn't have to be. Uh, it's in Civil Marvel, uh, Civil War. Oh, uh, Zemo. Zemo. He's, he's just a guy. He's a very intelligent guy that's yeah. pulling all the with strings. The plan, yeah. Well, that's yeah, rather Lex, than Lex Luthor. Huge monster. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Luthor is, yeah. That's the sort of thing. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah, cause, yeah, cause, you know, with Superman, you think the natural nemesis would just be, this is where the Marvel movies sometimes have been weak because you just have, someone that's a bit like the hero. So Iron Man happens to have a bad guy that's in a big metal suit. Mm. And Black Panther's fight scene at the end is a guy who's also dressed as Black Panther. And mm. Doctor Strange fights another guy that's got the same kind of powers, powers. as him. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and that, that, that gets very repetitive. And you don't, you don't always have to do that. You can have someone that's, yeah, that Lex Luthor and Superman is, is a really good one, isn't it? Because instead yeah. of just having another suit, you know, Equivalent. That's where Spider-Man got a bit lazy when there's one thing when they bring in Venom, you just think, oh, he finally succumbed to just basically having a bad Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah it's more yeah. interesting having goblins and Shocker and all, all these other Doctor Octopus, you know, all these crazy different uh, villains. But that's, um, that's, yeah, with Ray, it's one of those films which you know, if no one's no one if no one had ever seen it. And watched it now. I don't. I don't know. Would would it be still be amazing? I don't know. I think it would. I think it would. I, I think, think it would. it's timeless because it's it's. I think films about adventurers getting treasure are always good. And I think is it big enough? Is it big enough? Like, Nazis. Oh, well, sure. watch, mate, if yeah. if, if oh, you watch sure. Fast and Furious films and Marvel films, will this? I They're don't know. huge, aren't they? Yeah, it's. It'll probably be seen as quaint. I need to get the school test. I need to get some of my kids to right. school to watch yeah. and see what they think. 
I, th- I think it's a good good enough story that you you know it doesn't have to be as big as some of the Marvel movies and all the CGI and everything that goes with them. And I think the story is strong enough that most people would enjoy. And like I said, the costumes and the sets and they were so fantastic and well done that I think it's timeless. I think it's a good story and there's a there's a lot of action in it and the action's done so well that. I, I I think anyone would be entertained by it. Mm, yeah, yeah. I'd rather watch yeah. that than well, Fast and Furious Five. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or any Fast and Furious. I like the first two. <laughs> so okay, that's cool. <laughs> All right, cool. Now let's go into your number one. So if anyone's listened to you guys before, <laughs> they're probably you're probably going to know what the number yeah. one is. Um, it's the most obvious one in the world, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and look, it, yeah. it'd be my number one too. I I love this movie. It's probably my favorite movie of all time. Uh, I saw it at the movies when I was a kid, and uh, so I'll let you introduce it. Yeah, so Star Wars is on here straight away, and rather than being cheeky, like we did with Lord of the Rings trilogy, we just thought, let's pick a Star Wars. Now, for me, I think Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars film, but Mm. then uh, by a hair, though, you know, New Hope is still pretty great. Mm. It works better as a standalone film. You wouldn't want to take Empire Strikes Back on a desert island, I thought. you, you, you just Yeah. It's like it's taunting you with you've not got the episode before or after this. Yeah. <laughs> you've just got the middle. You've got you've just got act two. How yeah. annoying is that? So yeah. there's something about New Hope, a bit like the Fellowship of the Ring, really. It's it's nice seeing all the characters meeting each other for the first time. That's that's great. But yeah, people so many people of our generation, the majority of people of our generation that sort of grown up with Star Wars, that it just changes your life, doesn't it? It has such a huge impact on your life in terms of it. Oh, the things that you're in, the things that you the kind of stories stories you read and you, you know you're still reading sci-fi because of that you know or, or your Christmases and birthdays wanting that kind of merchandise mm-hmm. um, it it kind of it, I think it was the first thing where I really started thinking about well who makes these where where do films even come from and, yeah yeah no like George Lucas I think was like the first writer director that I actually knew who actually made these things and yes. I was, Knowing knowing the names of all the actors, which I didn't with anything else. Um, you know, I wanted to know the names of every single one. You know, Kenny Baker and Anthony Daniels. A lot of them I just wanted to know everything that was going on and the names of the producers. And yeah, you just um, it becomes all sort of all encompassing, really. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's 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 the mark of a generation, isn't it? It really was just unlike anything ever you know that giant space opera with i'll say we've, we've we've talked about this at length haven't we on our other on our podcast but it, it really was just unlike anything else you've ever seen and it's the emotional connection isn't it yes definitely yeah definitely it's a fully it's a, it's a fully realized other world as well which there isn't a lot of I mean you know lord of the rings is like a fully realized other world but it's a it's a bit of a mirror of England, isn't it? Really, you know, uh, you can see the similarities between England and Europe with the with the dark powers in the east. You can see what you can see what they're mm. kind of doing there, and yeah. the little Middle England is meant to be the sort of hobbiton sort of place. Yeah, but yeah. with Star Wars, it was sort of like, well, things are sort of look things look a bit old, but it's like futuristic. But then they say it's a long time ago, so the ships look a bit lived in, which is like unusual. I know Alien has 
did that as well, didn't it? Like the old lived in shit, but mm. I obviously didn't see that till I was, till I was much older. So yeah, the, the, there was nothing like this. And that even things like, like land speeders, it's a car and it's only just like a little bit off the ground, but even though the design of it, it looked just like it was functional and a bit rattly and the, the droids were sort of breaking down Broken, and playing up yeah. and stuff like that. And just stormtroopers as well didn't really look like any bad guys you'd seen in anything else. It was groundbreaking for sure. Yeah, everything was bright white, dirty, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, all on Luke's planet, and like the on the the cantina as well, which is like all these other different aliens, all these. Which is why it's a great franchise, isn't it? To spin off from because it's all these other different characters. You think who are they and where do they come from? I think it's that Um, that mix that you're talking about in terms of that earthy feel plus the the special effects, but the special mm. effects weren't overdone like you see maybe in the the the, the prequels. So yes. for, for me, I I've watched all but the last of the Star Wars movies, but four, five, and six will always be this. They're the only three I really care about. I don't really like the prequels that yeah, much. Exactly, uh, and they haven't been able to capture the same feel, even though they've tried to be a bit earthier with some of the other movies, you know, Rise of Skywalker and, and, and Solo and things like that. But they've never really captured that because it's a little bit too slick with some of the things that they're doing with the CGI and stuff. Yeah. And they didn't have that ability, although obviously they developed industrial light and magic. They were able to, able to do a lot of things, but not everything. And, and it was that, oh, I guess, clunkiness that gave it that feel that I think yeah. they've never been able to replicate. You can, yeah. you can tell when it's CGI, can't you? Mm. I feel like there's a difference between, and, and I do wonder, and it's, it's what reminds me of with the, the Hobbit compared to the Lord of the Rings. It's almost like the, fir- the first movies they make, it's, I want to make this, how do I do it? And they make it as best they can. But then when they start giving a blank check, it's like, oh, what can I do now? And it's almost like the the limitations drives the creativity. I mean, Jaws is a good example of this. The shark kept breaking down, so they had to think of what, how else can we build suspense? So they apparently wrote the, the whole barrel scene around that, you know, because they don't have the budget. Mm, and okay. exactly. I, think, I, I think there's something good about New Hope for that, really, isn't it? Because it is costumed. Yes. Something about some somebody being in a costume compared to CGI. And I'm glad that Mandalorian TV show feels like it's, it's learnt, it's learnt that from, from this, hasn't it, really? You can't, you can't beat it. Put, just put someone in costume, put someone in makeup. You don't need to CGI everything. And, and that's why I think Mandalorian's doing so well, because they, that's probably the closest to recapturing that feel of a new hope, especially that you've got baby Yoda, uh, isn't CGI. It's actually a, a puppet. Yes, and I think puppet, yeah. people are really happy that they've gone that way. And uh, apart from the whole Gina Carano uh, situation, uh, that's that's, yeah, well, f- that's, <laughs> that's something else. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, but that's a fantastic series that I think. Yeah, like ap- apart from the Bounty Hunter being a cool story, they've able they've been able to really recapture what they had in A New Hope closer than they have in any other movie. I think. Yeah, I think there's something about um, again when you when you do sort of get interested in Star Wars and you look at how it's like this sort of how it feeds off other classic uh, hero structures and the Joseph Campbell books that George Lucas was a big fan of. Mm. And it, it, it's someone, and it, it's a Western, isn't it? Because Han Solo is a oh, cowboy sure. and you've got the saloon. Yeah, yeah. So you've got the Western stuff. 
Well, you got the Jedi's, which are like your old Akira uh, Kurosawa samurai. So, yeah, movies. yeah, yeah, definitely. But yeah. but then but then you you really you know you're saving the princess from the tower at the end, aren't they? When they're going to the Death Star. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, so it's, it's it's just all these classic tropes, which you think so many stories and so many myths and legends and stories from uh, different, different religious texts as well that all have the same ingredients on it. And I've pointed out with my kids at class sometimes when you talk, they're talking about things copying something else. They go, "Oh, Star Wars copied Harry Potter," and you have to put them right about it. And you think like, and all these stories, these, all these stories, like a young child that's an orphan, and there's some magical wise old man with a beard that helps them on their trails, just like in Star Wars and just like in Harry Potter and all the Roald Dahl books have all yes. got these orphans in it. And it's just the, it's just these like, like he took these tropes that he know are just that are just timeless. And then packaged it in obviously his love of well Flash Gordon and other movies at the time and made something completely unique and like unlike anything else, doesn't it really? Again, there's no original ideas, but mixing up those different influences was completely Absolutely. original. I remember things like um Star Wars like comic annuals and things like that at the time, and when they talked about things like um oh you knew my dad you fought in the Clone Wars and in the, like your imagination was just spinning then. Just oh, yeah, what, were these, yep. what, what were the Clone Wars? And <laughs> oh, I've, yeah. I've got like a novelization where it, the opening chapter is that it actually says because it's not when it, when they weren't called Chapter Four or whatever it was at the time, Episode yeah. Four at the time. Um, and it says taken from the Journal of the Wills. Mm. I've never really heard them reference that in Star Wars since, but this this book, this novelization, original novelization, is from this Journal of the Wills. I think who are these Wills then? Who are they? Who are they? And there's just so much extra, you know. I mean, come on, Jedi. On. Jedi is a recognised religion now, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, wow. That's just... in the in the UK. Yeah, I know. Darren knows, but officially, when they actually did a census of, of wanted to find out what the religions were in the UK, yeah. and the fanboys all sort of teased each other. Oh, let's just let's just write that we're Jedi's, and it passed the official number, so it's 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 officially a religion in the UK because of that. <laughs> we, we got we got the opposite here. If you put Jedi down now, you actually get in trouble. <laughs> so, oh really? <laughs> yeah, because people were doing that for a long time. But if you do it now, I think there's actually a fine associated with it. So, <laughs> oh dear, oh dear. Yeah, so uh, unfortunately, yeah. but uh, that's the way it goes. So, yeah. All right, so look, I, I don't think you could have a, a better number one. Actually, that's a that's a fantastic movie, and you know, ticks all the boxes. And if you're on a, a desert island, and that was the only one you had for me, like Raiders of the Lost Ark, I think that story, you know, it'd, it, it'd be a toss up between those because that that story is something you could watch over and over again as well. So, um, I think you've got number one and number two are fantastic uh, choices. So, yeah, but you know what? We're, just popped into my head. It's just uh, I've just realised. If you're on a desert island, there's a lot of sand in Star Wars: New Hope and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Maybe there are <laughs> choices if you're on a desert island. Yeah, you may not want mm. to look at Tatooine all the yes. time. So, <laughs> yeah, let's put that film on where they spend a lot of time in the sand. Again, <laughs> Although we? I must admit, though, if we've got a ton of DVDs and no TV or DVD player, we're pretty stuffed, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, you're out of luck. Yeah, 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 that's true. <laughs> we should have chosen things based on their cover art. If we're basically just literally just taking the, the film as opposed yes, to yes, right, watching it. <laughs> All right, so, Darren, yes. is this your longest ever episode? <laughs> no, my lo- my longest one was actually three hours and twenty minutes. I had to turn it into wow. two episodes. Um, that was the Orlando and Julian episode. Two guys from. Uh, 
from uh, from Florida, and we did conspiracy theories. And I'll have to listen to that one. Yeah. All right. It's, so, it's very, it's very cool that, that you know we're just basically talking to someone on the other side of the world about madness. Yeah. Shared experiences of childhood movies and stuff like that. Really, it's it's, it's pretty cool. Makes makes the world seem suddenly very very small. It does, and in this these it's nice times, to connect, isn't it? it's fantastic to be able to connect with people and reach out and you know know that you're not alone. And I know that you guys are struggling a little bit with the pandemic over there. Uh, things are a lot better here. But uh, sorted over there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, things you, are pretty good. You guys knew what you were doing. Well, it was a bit of pain. Um, it was three and a half months where we couldn't do anything at all, but it paid off in the end. So yeah, yeah. definitely, that was the right way to do it. Yeah, yeah, it was. So yeah, I think so. Yeah, it does. Yeah. All right, guys, I'll give you a chance to right. plug your yeah. social media or any other contact links that you've got that you'd like people to know about and where they can find your show. Martin, you're very good at this bit, aren't you? Yeah, we're gonna. It's we have been watching podcast gmail.com on Twitter. It's at whbw podcast. Uh, Facebook is we have been watching podcast and Instagram. Robin, is it we have been watching podcasts as well? There, it is all one long word. We have been one watching long podcasts. massive word. Yeah, all variations of we we have been watching podcasts. I mean, in terms of uh, actually list that's for getting in touch, but in terms of actually list, listening to us, we're pretty. Well, is there anything we're not on, Martin? Well, I don't think so now. I think we're on all of them, aren't we, now? We're on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, which I think is more of like the Android. I think that's the Android uh, podcast. Uh, thing, sh- isn't it? Yeah. Spot- Spotify, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Amazon. Pocket Cast, Deezer, Castbox. Yeah. Anywhere good podcasts. Radio. Yeah. Yeah. Anywhere good podcasts are found, for sure. I'm, exactly. just read, I'm just reading so, up our data of our website at the moment. Basically. That's not memory. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just all the different, all the all the different devices that have listened to us. But um, um, yeah, for, and give give us a try. And uh, I know Apple love promoting people if they get some reviews. So leaving us some reviews is good. Bit, little bits of feedback. Um, yeah, some in, interaction through things like Instagram and Twitter, all that stuff. That that that'd be nice. Not a problem. Super. So we'll go back over your top 10. So number 10 is Wall-E. Number nine is Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping. And number eight is Lord of the Rings. Number seven is Robocop. Number six is The Thing. Number five is Fight Club. Number four is The Matrix. Number three is Back to the Future. Number two is Raiders of the Lost Ark. And number one is Star Wars. So that's their top 10. If you've got your own top 10 and you'd like to send it in and you think it can compete with that top 10 for top 10 movies you take to a desert island to watch never endingly <laughs> um send them in and so thanks guys thanks for uh taking the time out of your day to come onto the show and uh give me that top 10 which was pretty close to what i would pick i think uh there were apart from as i said number nine which was uh pop star never stop Never stopping. (laughs) Uh, I might have put in, say, something like a Scott Pilgrim or something like that, uh, just to keep that sort of a movie in there. But, uh, but it was a really strong top 10. And thank you very much, very much for coming on, onto the show. Thanks for having us in. It's been absolutely great. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Um, yeah, pretty sort of sights and looking forward to it. And, uh, yes, it's been good because pair of us banter about films anyway as part of our podcast so it's nice getting someone else's opinion on that and hearing about someone else's take on the films as well 
No, it's that's, yeah, it's great. That's been good. Look, I think we could probably, if we we're going to deep dive into some movies or some genres or something like that, uh, this lot of podcasts could go on for hours. Actually, uh, I had to bite my tongue a couple <laughs> yeah, of mean, times there. So. <laughs> you you mentioned Scott Pilgrim. I mean, the the uh, we referred to as the Cornetto trilogy was very close to being in it when it marted. Yes, all those, yep. all all the Simon Pegg stuff. Yes, all, there's there's loads of stuff we're going to talk about, but in depth. Yeah. Oh yeah, Simon. Yeah, it's fantastic. My son is a big fan as well, so that may be yeah. uh, something for a future podcast. Absolutely, definitely. <laughs> all right, guys, thank you very much. You have a fantastic day, and I'll and you. chat to you on the socials. See okay, you soon. Thanks very much. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye bye. And that's it. Another couple of pod friends made, another podcast introduced to the masses, and hopefully we found out a little bit more about the hosts and who they are and why they started their show. So it's always interesting for me to talk to new people, and I love it. Thanks to Martin and Robin for staying up so late. The interview, I think, went a little bit longer than they probably expected, but we we did have a lot of fun doing it, so no apologies there. So I'm off to watch The State of Origin and possibly after that to continue watching Black Summer. Uh, it's a zombie series on Netflix. I don't know if anyone else has been watching it. Um, I didn't make it through first three episodes of it when I first started watching it and decided to go back and give it a second chance and then ended up watching the whole first season. And I have watched the first episode of the second season and I think it's getting better. If you are watching it or you've seen it and want to give me your opinion please you can contact me at my guest list pod pretty much anywhere you look again thanks for listening and i'll chat at you again next week